0: Welcome to the Rise and Thrive Show, the podcast where we find our way to peace and joy, even when life throws us curveballs, disappointments, or even traumas. I'm Erin Warhol, and I'm here with my friend and mentor, Mary Hayes Greco. Hi, Erin. Hi, Mary. Uh, today we're going to talk about something that has really been present in the culture lately. We're we're recording this in November of 2017, and we're hearing a lot about sexual abuse, sexual harassment,
1: the predator and his victim.
0: Every and, day we hear yeah. about
1: you know three or four other men in positions of power mm-hmm. that abused that power with um, sexual predation of some kind, whether it was uh, violent and forcible or whether it was um, because they wielded uh, the power to grant um, their victim uh, some perceived position that they Mm -hmm. were trying to hold on to or or move to. And uh, in the end, a lot of this is about power Mm -hmm. and powerlessness on both sides of the equation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to, we're going to explore, can, can we forgive a predator? Should we forgive a predator? And I think we're going to kind of look at both sides of this, what you call the predator victim uh, story. Mm hmm and and try to get gain a better understanding of what's going on there. Right. So where should we start? Should we start? Where would you like to start, Mary? <laughs> well,
1: I don't know. I keep hearing people saying, "How could this have happened?" Right. and and right. Oh, "Why didn't you talk about this 40 years ago when it did happen?" Okay, and why are, are you bringing yeah. it up now? And and does that, you know, somehow disqualify uh the important thing that you're trying to say here that you didn't say it before and mm-hmm. uh it's uh it's just a really interesting time, and uh, you're in one of my classes, one yeah. of my ongoing classes. And our last weekend, the women were so <laughs> <laughs> they stirred were up, angry. angry. Our whole group yeah. was angry yeah. because of the Weinstein effect, as they ever ca- are they calling it Is currently. Is that what they're calling it? They're, oh okay. yeah, people the are. are they've now named the mm-hmm. Weinstein effect mm-hmm. as uh, being the um, a way of saying. Uh, here is a man, usually, here is a man who owned a great deal of of power in Mm -hmm. the system or in the culture, and here is how he misused that power Mm -hmm. to the detriment of the women that were at the other end of his misguided um, assumptions about what he got to have from them.
0: Yeah. So, I, I mean, maybe we'll just start with that simple question of, of how, how can people do this
1: kind how of thing. How can people do this to how, each other? Yeah, We ask this about many things, you know, murder, and and um, there's, there's a, lots of kinds of predating. And um, it's something for us to really, uh, I think, really thoroughly exercise now in brave conversations mm. on the radio and TV and in small groups and over the dinner table. Well, not yeah. maybe over the dinner table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's coming out now, and it's part of the sh- what we would call the shadow, the human shadow. Yeah. And human beings, we're all very um, full of light and darkness. Yeah. And uh, a lot of what we're about in this self-mastery journey is um, kind of laundering our darker aspects and experiences and finding our light, the power of our light, instead of the... Um, perceived power of a of a predator moment
0: well and and what you're saying when you say that is we're human beings we're we're alive right now we're flawed we go through things we have to learn from things and this is one of the things that we're apparently having to learn about I right now i think so i think whether so whether we like it or not right <laughs> well and you know i with all this stuff in the news it it is triggering a lot of old memories mm-hmm. and buried anger for people and it's fatiguing too it's i find it very fatiguing
1: Well, because it's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of suffering that is being revealed. And it is fatiguing when you hear about suffering that you have no agency to uh, alleviate personally. And you think, oh, how can anyone do that to a child? And to think about all the children that have been mangled by these these, uh, misunderstandings Mm -hmm. around sexuality and power. So I think when we see that, we can feel overwhelmed. Yeah. with suffering and I feel fortunate in that my job is, as a healer has allowed me to actually do something about it for mm. this person this one mm. person in front of me in my office this one person in the workshop who's you know telling the story and taking a stand about it and moving into forgiveness which is a state of freedom let's remember that forgiveness is the state of freedom from trauma freedom mm. from maybe uh Sad decisions you made about life, or people, mm-hmm. or yourself, or what you know, what you deserve, and this is where I want to remind it, remind all of us that in the model of forgiveness that I'm sharing here, um, it's not to say that this isn't deeply wrong, mm-hmm. that um, this doesn't excuse uh, vile and atrocious behavior between from one person to another. Forgiveness is not about um The nature of the um, the sins, so to speak, but it's really about the healing um, from this mm. unfortunate uh, mm-hmm. exchange that happened at whatever point in your life uh, it's just um, it's very fortunate for me to be able to watch victims of rape heal it completely even victims of gang rape even victims of uh, a rape which was a vile vile trick by someone who was supposedly trustworthy like a minister or a relative mm-hmm. It's that those are the really hurtful stories because there's this amazing betrayal of trust that um, went into those stories and this uh, very often the victim uh, takes... Uh, Takes the story to mean that I don't, I don't deserve my own boundaries. I don't right. deserve my own life and space. I don't deserve to succeed in yeah. this society unless I give it away.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: and um, many victims, most victims, feel a sense of shame about having been in that position of powerlessness or giving themselves away because they didn't know what else to do. Right. And or maybe somehow they were. In collusion there was a lot of drinking involved on, on all sides of the of the story and they feel like, Oh well god, you know, I, it's not that I asked for it, but I blew it somehow, you know.
0: Yeah, or maybe they thought this is how the system works and you know Or they and,
1: thought it was just theirs alone yeah. to suffer with. They didn't yeah. know other people who had known that story. And that's part of the positivity of so many stories being told right now is that people are feeling less alone're yeah. feeling less less uh, self blame and like it 's less of a personal story and more of a a cultural ill that yeah. we have to address. Well,
0: I wanna I wanna ask about this too because a lot of this is being it's being shared very publicly. People at different stages of their healing. Some are very
1: raw. Some have gone through. Some it have all. just uncapped it. Just to, yeah, for the first time in decades. And yeah, it, it is raw and bleeding and yeah. and awful. And yeah. they're not on the other side of it yet. Right. And that kind of suffering is is hard to bear witness to. Yeah. Um, but. And we all have to remember that we each only have our work to do, our personal work to do, um, our people to love. Mm -hmm. And if uh, we are being in as high of integrity as we can be in our lives, and we have compassion for everyone, including the criminals, Mm -hmm. including the, the, the men that were so misguided that they... Uh, cause so much harm. That's a lot of bad karma that they're mm-hmm. dealing with. That's mm-hmm. a lot of, of um, weighty baggage that they have to process. And um, it's, it, it was something I was wooed to reluctantly, but I went there in my practice where after a while, um, men came to me to forgive themselves because they had been part of a gang rape, when they were fourteen or eighteen or something, and they actually forgot about it until all this conversation was happening, and they wow. felt horrible, and they 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 just they want to, you know, jump off a bridge. They can't believe they did that. So I've what, been in. Okay,
0: what was going through your mind when somebody showed up in your office and said, "I I raped someone," and well, I want to heal. They didn't say them. it like that. Okay.
1: First of all, they kind of you know cozied up to it gradually. Yeah. But um, my compassion was engaged early on because uh, the one man that I'm thinking of that I worked with, he drove to my office from three states away. Mm-hmm. You know, because he had been in a severe depression for ten years. When he remembered being part of that, mm. and he felt like such a vile and terrible human being that he could have been part of a gang rape of somebody in his community who he still sees every now and then in town, wow. and he just wants to die a thousand deaths because he hurt her so badly. And how did he do that? How how did he get into that mind? How did he get ever become part of that? And uh, so because I felt compassion for this man who'd been depressed and living in, you know, one room with the shades drawn for 10 years and uh, came three states away to find relief. I, 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 one part of me was rolling my eyes at the ceiling and talking to God and saying, Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You want me to help this man? Are you kidding? Okay, you sent him. I'm here. Let me just be in my soul and uh, help this man forgive himself for doing something abominable. And wow. and he he did get free, as do all the people, all the women that I work with who went finally went there and yeah. emptied the the pot of pain and shame and rage about this and and let it go, wow. let it go. And as my as my teacher said to me one time, and it was like the most important thing she ever said to me when I was just. Oh, I was just raging and vilifying against the behavior of some person. And I think it was something silly like traffic, you know. Um, and she said, Well, we don't know why they did that, dear. And I said, What do you mean? Of course, everyone knows it's wrong. And, blah, blah, blah. and she goes, We don't know why people do some of the things they do, dear. In fact, dear, we don't know anything at all. <laughs> so oh, okay, it's so mysterious. but I have some theories about why mm. people do things like this. I have come to believe that it's it's almost an act of um, va- vampire vampirization, mm. if there is such a word, where the person who is um, overcoming um, other people and ripping off. A sexual experience from someone who's not exactly willing, Mm -hmm. uh, is feeling powerless themselves, or not not really knowing their truest self, their soulful self. And they're seeking uh, energy, almost like they're hungry, like they're empty. And they're seeking the energy of this other person, which they're going to rip off and dominate for a a few moments. And they'll feel kind of powerful for, I don't know how long an hour, a day, a week, a month, and then they have to do it again. Because, and this is like what serial predators do, is that they, they get hungry after a while, and then they go and they, they find new prey to rip that energy off from. And so the victim feels like they've lost a piece of themselves. They also feel like they've been given um, the energy of shame. and mm-hmm. uh, Maybe that that person had been carrying and was trying to get rid of somehow. Uh, so, there's this, this strange exchange that goes on around power and shame that, um, you know, all of us have to face into somehow. And I do have some compassion now for both sides of the equation. Not that I won't fiercely defend my boundaries on any child that's within my family to yeah. uh, protect and inform and, and guide. I'm going to be fierce like. Fierce like Mama Bear, yeah. you know, fierce like Dragon, if I'm in the vicinity of any of this activity in the present time. But um, I guess I made a commitment a long time ago to live unconditional love and forgiveness. And uh, we have amazing role models and great masters like Jesus and other uh, masters who were able to um, show forgiveness and love even towards um human beings who were known to be caught in vile and destructive behaviors they had faith in us anyway
0: well and okay so I, there's so
1: much to, to talk about you know
0: one of the questions that that I've been that I've been holding about this is the if you could talk a little bit about the difference between justice and healing because they're not
1: the, they're not the same thing No, and you can't wait for your healing until justice is done. You have to do both. You have to to heal yourself and hold society to um, justice and consequences for harmful behavior. So, my teacher Edith uh, worked with a woman who had been badly beaten up and raped by a man. And uh, she was in therapy with with Edith, and she came week after week and ra- railed and railed and cried and cried and dealt with the details of the trauma and the humiliation and all of that. And about every three weeks, Edith would say, well, would you like to forgive this person? soon? And they'd say, no, no, absolutely not. Of course not. And then they would be coming back for three or four more sessions and still uh, in that pit mm-hmm. of of you know degradation and rage and edith would say it again well are you ready to forgive this person and then she began saying how much longer would you like to remain tied to this offender oh. how much longer would you like to be tethered to them how much longer would you like to dwell in that little dark room where you were hurt um how much longer and the person would say well not at all not not one minute more and so that is the question when it comes to uh, forgiveness of something like rape or sexual abuse as a child, is how much longer do you want to be that child, mm. uh, that wounded, um, degraded person? And so we can't wait for justice to happen, but we also can't hold back from seeking justice if it's possible. Sometimes it's just not possible. Yeah. It's happened 40 years ago yeah. or whatever. Um, um, so uh, we, we can't uh, hold back on our wholeness uh, until society is respecting everyone's wholeness, we have to right. do it now and create a society from this place.
0: Okay, and I think you're getting at something here that I think has been hard to watch with all of the outpouring of people's feelings and people's trauma and everything. And it just does sort of feel like if I'm on social media or reading too much, too many news stories, it it gets it does get all muddled up. And so, like in your Forgiveness method, which is releasing expectations that are causing you to suffer. And like I've been going around that with you long enough to understand that that is the path to healing. Mm-hmm. Um, I I get it, but a lot of people don't have any exposure
1: to that. And what yeah. we need to do is to bring healing and um, honoring to the wounded personality,
0: mm-hmm. to
1: the uh, part of us that... Uh, feels feels damaged or ripped off mm-hmm. or like we lost something. And yeah. we always lose something in a situation like that. We lose our, our innocence. We lose our trust. We lose our sense of, of rights. So
0: for the victim part of this equation, I mean, her or his role is to heal themselves, mm-hmm. to heal themselves and reclaim that true self underneath everything. Right.
1: Right, and to um, kindly honor the um, person that they were when that happened mm-hmm. and not blame themselves any further, mm-hmm. but understand uh, you didn't know what to do or you were a child or that person was much bigger than you, or they had a weapon, or there was four of them and one of you, and that you know you couldn't help it that it's um you know, you, you might have preferred that you had avoided that situation, that you hadn't gone to that frat party, that you had uh, stayed home that night. This is the expectation is is like, oh, you know, as the victim, couldn't I have avoided that somehow? Did I, did I do everything? Did I do something that put me in harm's way? Is it my fault? Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I don't really, I can't really stand here and, and yell. I know one woman who um, was... Invited. She was 20. She had a, a baby. She was in postpartum depression, uh, and she was lonely and uh, kind of at ends. And one of her husband's drinking buddies, because they were all drinking in those days, invited her for a drink, and he took her to a motel room where there was four other guys oh. And after she was good and drunk, and she was r- raped by more than one person for two days, like four, four guys for two days, and she carried this, and and it, of course it made her worse. It made her seriously depressed. She ended up unable to take care of her child. She lost her child. She blamed herself forever for being that bad of a mother that she would lose her child. In fact, she was hijacked. She was tricked. Yeah. She was. Uh, uh, brought down in a weak moment and, and plied with drink, which she wasn't able to resist at the time. And she couldn't get out. And she was in a locked room for two days. And it wasn't her fault that all of those things happened. you could say, well, it was her responsibility, but it wasn't her fault. Mm-hmm. And she blamed herself for decades for losing her child when, in fact, it was the byproduct of a gang rape that sent her into such dysfunction that she couldn't do her life. And uh, she made her way out of that experience. She went to a uh, a program here in Minneapolis where um, it was an eight-week class for healing rape, and they did a lot of art and um, sharing. And um, uh, she she got herself out of that, and she did reconnect with her grown son. And it's not a thing now. I mean, she... She's okay. She really is okay. Wow. Yeah.
0: That is a, that's quite a story. I mean, that, I, it's just as you're talking about that, just the oppression of that over so long. And, and I would even think too that the, the, the shame that she felt, the shame that she felt almost kept her from even seeking
1: the healing. Exactly. She, this, she carried this brokenness inside her for i'm, I'm thinking 25 years mm-hmm. before she you know made her way out of it so um it it was uh it really wasn't her fault that she was depressed it wasn't mm-hmm. her fault that she was still an active alcoholic she's been in aa now for 30 years and she doesn't she's not in situations like that anymore mm-hmm. it wasn't her fault that she was tricked by someone who supposedly was trustworthy he was a good friend of her husband you know, it's uh, it's just it really is kind of incomprehensible. Um,
0: well, and see that I think that's part of what's going on in this moment is this stuff is coming out. People, people that maybe we respected, people that we liked, people
1: that we people knew that about. were in the community. Yeah, I have worked with of, a couple people yeah. who were raped by their minister, who mm-hmm. was. Admired and trusted, yeah, and um, nobody knew that he had this split in himself that acted out when, while on a road trip with his 17 year old secretary, and it ruined her life for a good fifteen years before she showed up at one of my workshops long ago and and you know decided to to heal that and there was eighty people in that room, and everybody was just dumbfounded that she actually did. She actually did get to the bottom of it. Now, we did have to pretend to kill him a few times <laughs> in the forgiveness process. The forgiveness process is kind of gritty. Yeah. It's not pretty. It's not, it's not passive. She yeah. did have to get that rage out. But she emerged from that situation just um, pink and glowing and ready to move on to her next phase of life. And she's, she was whole.
0: Okay, and and you've talked about this, but it's very easy to just decide that the per the perp the perp, the predator is a monster. It's mm-hmm. it's very like it's very easy to go there, Mary.
1: Right, and he was in most people's eyes a, a good man who was you know preaching um, the word of the Lord, and he mm-hmm. was uh, you know doing home visits to the dying, and mm-hmm. he was doing all of these good works. And uh, I don't know if he ever did anything like that again to another woman or not. I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Um, she left the town. She didn't uh, choose to prosecute him or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, but, uh, you know, he's a human being. He's a human being. He's, we don't know. We don't know anything dear, as just was <laughs> We don't know if he was sexually abused when he was a boy, and he doesn't remember it. And there's some kind of a strange thing that happens with sexual abuse, which is, very often the person who come, commits these acts in adult life was done to as a mm-hmm. child, and they do or do not remember it.
0: Mm. But some
1: part of them learned as a child that this happens, and I am not going to be in the victim position. I'm going to be in the power position. So mm. I, I'm the one that does this. I'm not the one this is done to. This is all unconscious. A lot of it is is extremely yeah. unconscious. Wow. I know.
0: Okay. All right, so... Let me just kind of think through here what we're talking about.
1: I know. I can see you're sort of stunned and grossed out and
0: Well, it, it's hard. It's, it's hard stuff. I, um, you know, I was thinking about my friend Marsha, and this that's not her real name.
1: Thank you. <laughs> i like, Erin, shh, shh
0: no, stop. My friend Marsha, and I actually was talking to her, and she gave me permission to share a little bit about her story. But she went through one of your uh, – self-mastery programs a few years back, and I met her, and we've been friends. And she had a situation where decades ago, she was assaulted by an unknown person, and at the time, it was beyond her comprehension, and she just buried it, Mm -hmm. you know? She just like left
1: it behind. Because the psyche cannot, as we are sitting here going, oh, I don't know what exactly. to do with this. The yeah. psyche does not know what to do with it, and it usually puts it in the deep freezer.
0: Yeah, but in her life at some events, and I honestly, I don't recall what it was that tripped it, but it started coming up, and she had no choice but to address it and start working with, with healing all the different ways that it affected her life. And she told me that she got to a point where she realized that she'd done all this healing on the effects and how it had affected her life, but she actually had never forgiven the unknown assailant. Mm. And so last year, she did, so, she
1: did that. Mm. So she took it on as her problem. Yeah, for all that time, and recently she realized, wait a minute, there's this other player minute, in this here. This other person, yeah. you know, did this yeah. horrible thing to me.
0: So so she did that and she went through your forgiveness steps and she released the expectation that it would have never happened mm-hmm. she released the expectation that she would have been treated with dignity by someone she released the expectation that you know her humanity would have been honored and she said that when she got to the end of end of the 8 steps where she had to to kind of see the good in it she had shifted the this This person who was unknown to her that she would never get justice over this mm-hmm. it, she just saw him as like small and kind of sad and pathetic. pathetic. yeah, and she actually could could kind of easily feel
1: some compassion toward it's whatever amazing. It was. I've seen this. I've seen this with people getting to the other side, and I, this is why I think human beings are so amazing. We're so yeah. resilient and we're so capable of loving our enemy. Yeah. Um, When when we um, decide, I have to be in my bigger self, not my smaller self. Yeah. And it was really nice for me—not nice exactly—but in one of my more recent workshops, I worked with a woman who was twenty, and this had just happened to her. She had gotten, she had drunk too much with the wrong person at a party, and he assaulted her in the um, car park lot. You know the. What do you call it, parking garage? Mm-hmm. And um, she got, of course, injured, very injured in her in her being. But she, uh, but she didn't go there with blaming herself. because oh. I think there's enough coming out now in the right. culture that she she reported it, she prosecuted him, she you know dealt with you know the. Variable ways she was being treated in the court system. Um, she, I, I don't know if she put him in jail or if she got a settlement, but she fought it after the mm-hmm. fact, and it was only like a two or three months after it happened. And I, I looked at her and I thought, Oh, God, love you. I hope you, yeah. I hope you get through this. Well, she did, she got yeah. through it in that workshop. She was smiling at the end of it, yeah. she was smiling, she was, um, she was light. She, was, she saw it as something that happened. It's, it's, imagine like you got, you got hit by a car
0: yeah.
1: or you got attacked by a rabid dog. Not yeah. a rabid dog, but a, a wild dog yeah. and, or, or maybe a couple of wild dogs. You know, Ouch, you got hurt. Yeah. You got hurt. You got injured. So she dealt with it then as recovering from an injury yeah, and she didn't take the story into the future of her life with men, or yeah, um, her life. She did stop drinking. However, mm-hmm. it did motivate her to stop drinking too much. Uh, she said, "Well, that wouldn't have happened mm-hmm. in, in at all in the same way if I hadn't been out of control of, mm-hmm. of my, you know, my abilities." Yeah, and she knew that, and it did motivate her to make some change. But I was amazed. I mean, as many times as I. As I've done this, I'm always a little worried at the beginning, like, oh, my gosh, is this going to – are they really going to heal it? Yeah. this? Oh, man, that was so terrible. And they do. They do. They do. Yeah. They become whole and free and treat it like the car accident or the dog attack, dog bite you got. You don't think about it the rest of your life. It just happened to you. Yeah. It just happened to you. Yeah. And a lot of things happen to us that are painful or traumatic that – we don't even have to blame anybody for. Yeah. You just have to get over it. And she got over that mm-hmm. in that way. But she did prosecute him. Mm-hmm. So this is where it circles around the justice. She knew who he was. Mm-hmm. She knew that she didn't want you know, to have sex with him. She knew he was forceful. And she just you know plowed on through all of that, even though she knew that she had drunk too much. He still did not have the right to do that to her. Mm. So that was that was wonderful to think, you know. Here she's not carrying it for four decades, right? And she it happened two months ago, and she's healing it and moving on because she knows it's an injury she didn't deserve, and uh, it's wrong. And I actually have some agency to um, bring justice to the situation too.
0: I think that we're seeing more of that, especially with younger women who, just, right? She's younger. Just, refusing to take on the shame mm-hmm. they're just saying no that's not mine right and maybe they're still being private about it they're not you know going on social media and just announcing it to everybody um, but they're saying that shame will not land they're on not me.
1: going to let the, that be a secret that poisons their life right for a long time to come wow it does not have to be a secret this is part of this is what happened to me this was wrong and this is part of the human shadow but i don't have to i don't have to keep it inside me and i don't have to put up with it yeah. in society if i have any any agency at all to bring this person to justice
0: well and i think bringing this back around to what you said at the beginning here about why some women haven't brought this up for many many years we're in a moment where they're maybe throwing it off and saying, no, the integrity of me is that this did happen and I'm not going to pretend like it didn't happen for
1: any more time. Right, And I recognize that it has diminished me and has kept me small and has kept me afraid and away from who I want to be. And this is really about who I want to be now. Yeah. Wow.
0: So yeah, this is, this, it's going to be interesting, Mary, when we, we can revisit this in a year and see kind of culturally where we are, but it sort of is making me wonder that if everyone just works on their own stuff we 're going to improve we're, you know if If victims work on their stuff and heal, if predators are willing to heal, everybody heals that 's going to move us along
1: yeah, I think so, and I wonder how many um, men who have engaged in this kind of thing. Are also starting to remember right because it's now being talked about, and it's not being allowed to stay in the closet that maybe these memories are being unleashed on both sides of the equation I, and you know
0: I really hope that any men that are that are in that position, I really, really hope that they seek out Healing, mm-hmm. and that they get it. I, you know, I'm not in circles where I hear men talking that way. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm not familiar with that. I'm familiar with lots of women who've gone through lots of stuff and had to work really hard to right. knock
1: it down. Right. And I think this is, you know, something that men and women have to wrestle with. Yeah. Um, you know, together in a way mm-hmm. wherever it's possible. And I'll just um, close with this this one other story, which I think is pretty telling, um, I, I, I'm someone who's recovering from a pretty serious incident of sexual abuse when I was young, and um, I think I'm pretty good. I mean, I've done loads of healing about it, but um, and this is the way that my work in living unconditional love and forgiveness keeps show, teaching me more and more about this, that at a certain point when I had really, well, I had really kind of done some work about that... Well, I was introduced to a couple who were in, in treatment around sex addiction because the man was, when he went on trips to other cities, was predating on strange women in the park. And his wife didn't know this. Wow. The first thing she knew about it was she gets a call from a policeman in another state saying your husband's been picked up because her husband had molested a jogger in the park. And it turns out he had actually done this a number of times in other cities with women. He would jump out from somewhere and grab their breasts and run away. He was a molester she's like what that can't be my husband and he's a good man he's a good father he was a good friend she loved him he was the uh, their breadwinner i mean it was a serious like what you did and then it turns out he you know he has this pattern of this splits part of him that would do this so he he loved her and his family and he was forced to go into treatment but he and he stayed in treatment for 3 years and uh he came up to me after a workshop and said, you know, uh, my therapist wants me to hear the story of, um, from a woman who has been um, treated the way I, what I have done to other women. He wants me to to develop compassion. Do you know anyone who could come to a session with me and tell her story so that I can try and understand my, the impact of what I've done? And I'm sitting there sweating because I'm like, oh, it's me. I'm, I'm, I'm the one I, I could feel the yellow highlighter on myself. Like, Oh, it's me. God's asking me to do this. And so I said, yeah, well I do. I, I know someone in, I'll, I'll come to your session and I'll, I'll tell you within the presence of your therapist and one of my good friends holding space with me about my experience and what that cost me. I'll tell you that. So I went to his therapist's office with my, my good friend, uh, being my supporter and, and, uh, I yelled and cried into his face for 45 minutes without stopping about wow. the cost of that on my life, you know, and, you know, all the ways it had hurt me and all the ways it had gone on into my future, you know, because, you know, these guys don't it's a moment for them and they they go on they put it in the deep freeze they don't think about that right. and they go on and meanwhile the woman is in, in prison in her mind for the rest of her life so I did that and he just listened and listened and he was I, he was straining to understand the connection that he has actually caused this kind of hurt the kind of hurt that was right in his face with other women and um, it was a very powerful experience and it, it did help him um, it did help him leave that behind he they're still married, even though she lost half her family because they couldn't believe she st- was staying with this perv, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he would, kind of called all sorts of terrible names. And, uh, but she knew that he was her partner, and they came through that. And uh, he's never done anything like that since. He's never even been in the vicinity of wanting to do it since, and he doesn't know why. He did it he can't remember sexual abuse in his background he doesn't know why he had this part of him that acted out i mean my teacher edith used to say well sometimes there's a past life you know fragment in the personality that's kind of acting out still an old thing i don't know we don't know anything dear it's a mystery we don't know anything dear but what i'm here to say is that man stopped being that person that did that to strange women and um, I got a lot out of being able to look him in the face and cry at him, yeah. you know, and yell at him, and it was it was tremendously informative for both of us. So wow. this is an example of how wow, how a man and a woman on both sides of this dance yeah. actually helped each other um, yeah. put the. And suffering you too, and pain of that to rest you weren't connected your stories weren't connected no but there was he wasn't you, my perp yeah. you know so to speak but yeah. he was a perp yeah. and um it doesn't matter you know it was, it was the same kind of uh activity mm-hmm. and um it was uh very powerful for both of us
0: wow thank you mary for for sharing that that's You're welcome. that's really moving and and really powerful and and I think it's
1: really hopeful. It it is hopeful. I, I think so too. This yeah. is why I'm talking about it, and yeah. this is why I think it's good that all this talking is happening. And I guess I'm sharing it, even though it's, um, in you know, it's new for me that I would share that publicly with you know people I don't know that I'm in recovery from you know such a thing, but one third to one fourth of women in our nation are mm-hmm. a know, know about this you know and and a number of men and boys as well so i I like to hold this question now of what is this and why does this happen, and how do we change this in our world in a in an attitude that I call pro everybody mm. you know i'm pr- it's not this is not just you know uh, for the women that are being affected it 's for the people yeah. that are um, hurting causing hurt in other people because it hurts us to hurt others Mm -hmm. and he became a better person um you know for subjecting himself to three years of intensive therapy and listening to you know the victim of such a story so Mm -hmm. well and i became uh stronger in my space by Feeling like, well, I told him <laughs> I wasn't the same him, but it didn't yeah. matter. I told I told one of him. <laughs> I told him, yeah. you know what he actually did. Yeah, you know, the kind of harm that he caused. So, this is really a question of you know people causing harm to other mm-hmm. people and mm-hmm. are allowing um, other people to take something from us mm-hmm. um, because of whatever reason that we we're bringing this to an end. Hopefully. Mm great. Thank you.
0: Okay, well, let's leave it there, Mary. And I just want to invite folks who want to connect with us and other podcasts to go to our website, riseandthriveshow.com. And tune in again. We've got plenty more. We would love to hear from you. Aaron at com or Mary at com. Thanks so much to Daniel Zamzow, our sound engineer. And thank you for listening and sharing in this journey with us. We appreciate that you are aiming. You, listener, are aiming to rise and thrive. Just yes. like we are aiming to do. Let's
1: be pro, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, Mary. You just that door.